Welcome to another edition of the Engineering Leadership Podcast, where we bring together successful C-suite executives to explore their stories at the intersection of leadership and engineering. We believe leaders are built, not born. And by nailing the constants, we can build strong, engineering-focused leaders who are prepared for future success. Each interview was led by Doug Hawk, chemical engineer, business executive, and the creator of Engineering Leadership. I'm Ben Fanning. Let's get started. In today's episode, an interview with Michael Pasilico. Michael Pasilico is the principal of Pasilico Inc., which is a third-generation family-owned business that is one of the top engineering contracting firms in New York. His company has led major construction and public works projects like the reconstruction of the Long Island Expressway. Michael is a civil engineer, and he chose the topic of Elevate. Now, here are three interesting ideas you'll find in today's episode. It's important to find people who are hungry to learn and give them mentorship so they can accelerate in their fields. And then number two, in order to grow your business, you need to invest and mentor your employees and teach them the skills that they need to develop. And then number three, it's key to maintain a positive attitude. Giving back to others sets a path for a great day. Enjoy. Hello, I'm Doug Hawk, your host for Engineering Leadership. Uh, for, thank you for joining us for another episode today. I'm a chemical engineering alumnus from Clemson. And as you know, on Engineering Leadership, we're reaching out to other engineers who have built themselves into leaders across various industries. One of those leaders joins us today, uh, Michael Pasilico. Pasilico, I think I got that right. Post- Pasilico. Pasilico. Third generation family owned business, one of the top engineering firms and contracting firms in New York. Uh, Michael has a BS in civil engineering from Clemson. Uh, he chose the topic of Elevate today. We're going to talk about a number of elements of Elevate. But uh, again, I think it's a perfect one that fits with our theme of you know, leaders are built, not born. And in the classic engineering sense, we believe we can all get better at these things as we choose to work on them. Um, you know, so. Michael, just to get us kicked off here, why elevate? What's uh, what's your particular passion around that 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 fundamental or that constant? Well, uh, you know, I think you know, per, you know, certainly is personal, and it's and it's and it's about our company, and it's about our family. It's a, we are a family business. You mentioned we're third generation. We have five of the fourth generation in now, which is really uh, really something. Um, we'll be celebrating 75 years next year. And I think, uh, you know, throughout, you know, throughout the years, we've elevated, you know, we, we employ now 800 people, you know, nationwide and uh, are we do, doing over half a billion dollars of, of sales. And certainly if you looked at where we started, you know, we've elevated. And if you look at how that's happened, it's happened, you know, in different episodes, certainly throughout the generations, but particularly the last uh, 15 years, you know, we've done it with some, uh, some sort of understanding of what we're doing rather than haphazard and, and luck. And I think, um, you know, a good part of that has to do with, you know, certain things that with mentoring, with, with uh, recruiting, who we recruit, our values, you know, many good companies and great companies have that. Right. But, you know, if you get into the get into the weeds of, of how that happens and what uh, your responsibility is as a leader is in that regard, 
you know, I think it, 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 it does put, you know, a little bit more burden on, on you, which is, that's, that's, that's my job. You know, that's why I come to work in the morning. Otherwise, you know, retire, get out of the game if you would, but right. if you're going to be, you know, if you're going to be part of something, particularly, you know, leader of a big company, uh, you know, you, you've got to understand w- what the tactics are, you know, and our tactics are to elevate people. Uh, we separated out probably about seven years ago, um, kind of our business philosophy to uh, each of our, our division managers now run their own P&L, actually wrapping up our budgets now, and they run their own businesses, their own business units, if you will. And they had never done that before. Many of them, not all of them are engineers, but if you can imagine an engineer who is doing their typical engineering job being kind of overseen you know, not micromanage, but manage, but then put into a role, hey, you have to run your own business. You have to do your own business development. You have to review your own estimates. You have to be responsible for your own budgets. You know, it was quite a process to, to do that with, uh, with people that were not familiar. And we're continuing to grow that capacity and encourage and mentor that. And if we're not elevating them up, we're not growing our business. Uh, so they are and have become business leaders, right. um, you know, some of them were more ready than others. Some of them required certain, you know, skill skills uh, that they didn't have necessarily from the engineering background, which as you're well aware, you know, business is not uh, a major focus of our degree because we have so many other credits that are jammed into our curriculum, but certainly, you know, it wouldn't hurt to have a business minor or some sort of entrepreneurship um, you know, program or uh, associate right. what we do, because right. if we're going to get into business and we're going to be running businesses, we certainly know a lot about the details of the businesses we're in, but not necessarily how to run them. Yeah. Well, how much, I mean, you talk about mentorship. I mean, I also think, you know, how much of the, how much of a change did you see in just setting different expectations? Like I've always believe that, you know, the, the power of suggestion, particularly when it comes from a, from someone who's respected and you, you care for and like, um, can generate tremendous response. So it sounds like you just, you know, part of what you guys did to Elevate was, you know, changing expectations and then encouraging and providing the mentor, the mentorship to help folks meet those new elevated expectations than, you know, compared to what they'd normally expected. Right. Well, I, I don't know if it's appropriate or if I get edited out, but I'll, I'll give you the edited out version as I have to like flip up all these messages coming up on my phone. Oh my gosh, it's tough with the Zoom meeting on your phone. Anyway, this is really annoying. Someone's going to stop with all these messages. Um, but my dad, my dad had uh, you know, advice and he understood it. You know, the, the higher you go up the tonal pole, the more your rear end sticks out. You know, people are watching you as you're elevating people are watching your moves. They watch your body language. They watch what you say. They, 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 they look at when you show up to work, they look at how you show up to work. And I think that's something to be aware of as you're, you know, as, as young people, we may not think that, but you know, you get a promotion, you get a, um, uh, you get a, a, a shift with a different role on a particular project or whatever it might be, you know, people are going to say, wow, Hmm. You know, they are now in a more elevated role. And in those elevated roles, you know, comes the responsibility uh, to, to 
be 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 aware that people are looking at you. They're looking at your behavior. Now that's something that for some they may be uncomfortable with. Uh, for others, you know, it's an opportunity to take what you do and show other people this is how you get it done. Uh, you know, in the right way. And I think that's, that's a great opportunity. Look, you know, and looking at it as an opportunity, you know, is something that, um, you know, is important. So, you know, that's, that's, it starts there, you know, you get a promotion, you get, you're a little further up in your career faster than you thought. What do you do with it? Well, people are going to watch. So, you know, and as obviously as you reach a leader leadership position, you know, in a company, uh, you know, people are watching most of the time. Yeah, no, it's it's one of the things that I sort of coach young leaders on many times is, you know, you, you're not once you're in a leadership position, you're really not allowed to have a bad day anymore. Right. And if and if you are, you know, deal with it and, you know, take a breath, take a block, take a walk around the block. But, you know, recognize that, you know, you're if you have a bad day, the rest of the room is going to get the flu. Right. So it's, uh, you know, recognizing that, you know, that projecting, you know, that sense of optimism. And, you know, I tell everybody, you know, just start your day with a smile because, uh, you know, leadership's a privilege and uh, we should act like it and recognize that the burdens that come with it are sometimes hard to bear, but that's the, that's the role you choose to play when you step into these things. Right. So right. it's uh, trying to, you know, engage every day with that right attitude and make sure that, you know, you recognize that, you know, it influences those around you to a much larger degree than what you might've thought or realized in the past, certainly. Right. Um, you know, one of the things that you, you talked about is, is, you know, the ability to do those things to set that sort of uh, expectation for folks. And also, you know, those of us that aren't, you know, I, I, I've said many times, um, you know, for me, one of the hardest things was to get comfortable, you know, on stage, public speaking, sort of, you know, I was a natural, I was a very shy kid growing up. And, um, you know, I, it really came to me at Clemson was I decided that if I wanted to be successful in the things that I wanted to do, I was going to have to overcome that. And it wasn't, um, you know, it's a, it's something that I think, and you mentioned this in, in our conversation is, you know, it just takes practice. So how much of, how much of hard work, practice, effort, and just the diligence and, and, you know, discipline to go get it done, um, do you think plays a role in folks elevating their leadership? Well, I did an Ironman um, eight years ago when I was 50. And I can tell you um, it's the same dedication to, you know, it's the same thing, you know, and, and people ask me why I did it. And I said, well, because I was able to. And, um, you know, and, and still get my job done. It, it, I think that, you know, not that everyone should go out and do an Ironman because it's very crazy. Uh, but it, it is, you know, that I think the, anything, and I think, you know, we discussed this, you know, a little bit earlier that, you know, any professional, and I think the, the goal is to be a pro, you know, to, to be a pro at anything you do is really the highest testament of, of, achievement, uh, to be really good at what you do. And, uh, you know, I have a few other isms, um, you know, one of them, you know, is be nice to everyone unless they're aggressive or egregious and then just get away with, with, you know, get away from them, find something you like to do, get good at it and practice, you know, practice is so important and then give it away. Like whatever you, your skill or you, you know, give it away. You can't take it with you. Just, just let, 
give it away all of what you've learned you know teach back or, or teach to others or give it back to others in some way and you know when i'm able to do that in a day uh it's a really good day you know and i i think the again that's an observation of of having the opportunity to, to meet and and uh know uh, many professionals hockey and sports football um doctors musicians and you know the commonality is there you know the dedication, hard work, practice, and passion of something, you know, really kind of cultivates that, that appetite for professionalism. And I, you know, I think that's what I want to try to encourage, particularly as people come up through their career, you know, is, is, what's, what is what are you good at? You know, what kind of really kind of makes you feel good? And what, what are you recognized as being good at, you know, and, or what do you think you could be recognized as being good at it? And then work at it, you know, work at it, work at it, practice, practice, practice. And I think those are, you know, the, the sooner you're able to kind of figure that out, certainly I think it becomes easier and more natural to, to understand why you get up in the morning and, and why you're going to go after your day the way you do. Um, and when you go home to bed, you know, you're probably going to sleep on the pillow going, wow, you know, I, I got that done. And, you know, I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to tomorrow. You know, so well, that's, that's great life to have, you know. Yeah. No, and it's certainly a big part of, you know, our, our approach at engineering leadership from, uh, you know, our, our tagline, right? Leaders are, you know, built, not born. And I think part of our message to, to young engineers in particular is, you know, that same effort that you may have put in to master, you know, a technical skill that you, you, you know, a particular challenging class, you know, whether it took, you know, like you said earlier, an, an extra eight hours in the library to get it done. You know, we want to make sure that folks understand. And part of what we're trying to communicate with, with these episodes is that leadership's the same thing, right? Like it can be mastered. It can be broken down into small, you know, manageable bites. And it's, you know, as you work at each of those, you take the practice, you, you put in the reps, as I like to say, um, you know, just like those athletes getting good at their craft, you know, leadership comes with, with effort and diligence and practice. And the beauty of, to me, of leadership is, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a slow, you know, six foot white guy. I was never going to be that successful at basketball, right? Like I, I played till I was, I think, in my freshman year of high school. And then that convinced me I was probably over. Um, you know, if I'd had another foot on me, maybe, but, you know, leadership, I tell folks it's, uh, no matter what you're born with, um, you can build it. You can become a good leader. You can, you can work at the craft. You can, you know, as you said, put yourself in situations. I think you mentioned, you know, for, for many of us, particularly as engineers, you know, how much of that is getting out of your lane or, um, getting out of your comfort zone. It's, 100% 100% about getting out of your lane. Listen, you stay in your lane because certainly you don't want to step into someone else's lane. And you learn that, um, that, that to be part of a team, um, you know, you, you certainly can back someone up, but, you know, respect and support someone else's capacity, you know, in, in, a, in an effort, right? Uh, you don't have to do everything, but, you're, but what you're good at, you need, you need to do. And, you know, staying in your lane and getting better at it certainly helps the team, right? Uh, and if you look at, 
you know, any basketball, look at us, look at, you know, that sport, you know, what does the forward do? What does the center do? You know, look, what does the guard do? You know, a guard's not going to be a center, you know, and a center's not going to be a guard. So, you know, understanding in a, in a partnership, you know, our partnership there, we have three uh, main partners in our company. We're all very different. We all play a different role. And then we have our supporting uh, team, you know, our, our, our divisional leaders, our CFO, and, you know, really understanding what everyone's good at, uh, I think helps us get better and understanding what we need to get better at certainly is, is a clearer path to elevate our company and, and what we need to do to support people that are, that are growing. We actually have a, an advanced um, uh, a coaching program now, and some of the coaches are Olympic athletes. Uh, they're certainly scholars, and we we're now in our second session with some of our leaders and, you know, getting them out, getting them out of their comfort zone certainly is part of that, you know, don't, you know, that they don't have to do everything they need to, they need to develop people uh, that are working with them or others that, that may not be on their team yet for them to elevate. So they're learning that lesson. They're being uh, coached. I sit with them and, and talk to them about that, it, you know, that you can't, you know, working hard, and putting in 90 hours a week is not going to help our company grow. It's not, certainly not going to help you grow. It's going to exhaust you. So how do you work differently? How do you coach? How do you mentor? And that's a really important part of leadership um, uh, for your development. And to be, because to do that, you are, in essence, be, uh, showing your leadership skill, uh, certainly by doing that with another group of people that you lead you know, shows your skill within that group. So, you know, it's, it's, it's very much part of our daily life here and, and, and uh, very important. And, and I think you mentioned earlier, you guys have, I mean, a formal mentorship program. Do you think that's also critical? I, you know, we, I've started one at my last company. We, we were, it's probably in its 10th year now. Um, and I, I found it, one mentors to me early in my career were incredibly important um, to, to any success I had was, was strongly influenced by those relationships. Um, and then also, you know, I've found that it's one of the most rewarding things I've done personally is just getting to spend time with those young developing leaders and, you know, being able to help them with some of these challenges early was it's some of the best work, you know, I've ever had the pleasure of doing. Well, as you're aware, you know, engineering and particularly civil engineering and, and civil construction related civil engineering is a, you know, when I got, uh, when I got started, you know, it seemed like Mount Everest, you know, was the, was the time, for, you know, climbing Mount Everest was about the kind of view of, of becoming a leader because, you know, it was so um, dogmatic in terms of, you know, time that you needed to have before you got to the next level you know very much your leadership was a measure of how much time you put in and i think you know changing that where we've uh, not necessarily looked at the amount of time someone has but their ability to work smart their ability to understand certain skills and when we've had people that are are, are you know are of that cloth, if you, if you will, we, you know, mentoring is a great add-on, right? We want to elevate them. We want to 
pull them to the side. We want to show them more faster. We don't want to wait for that time it would take uh, for them to see, you know, in our business, we have, uh, you know, eight different main business units, you know, plus our home office support and those skills. You know, it could take you a long time to see that. So, you know, our mentoring program, which is a year, takes people and exposes that. It's been much harder with COVID, but exposes them to those businesses, to those people, to those projects, to those systems faster. And they're smart people and they can absorb that. Now, funny enough, early on, I think about 15% of our mentors ended up going into other careers, leaving our company, which was fine. Uh, they realized this wasn't for them and they realized faster. But the ones that have been through the program, many of them have elevated fa- you know, faster in their careers because of it. And certainly it's been a big plus. And how much of mentoring, you mentioned something earlier about, you know, once you learn something, you know, give it away, teach it, right? And, and, and spread that insight and, and use it to elevate those around you. I mean, mentoring is a good way to do that. Obviously, I think, you know, having the right uh, relationships is, a, is an important aspect of that, right? And, and again, forming relationships. One of the things that I've asked folks that work for us is, you know, make sure you know your teammates around you, uh, appreciate what they're going through, you know, certainly and we're, we're doing this episode during the kind of height of COVID. And, you know, one of the things we've come to realize is that, you know, kind of knowing the whole person and, and understanding the challenges that everyone faces individually is, is, is become a key part of trying to elevate them. Right. Because it's, and one of the things that I've certainly realized is we didn't know enough about each other in certain ways. Right. Like there, I've had, I had certain teammates that work with me who had, you know, uh, children with, either uh, certain learning disabilities or one of them had a, a diabetic child. So, you know, everybody was saying, oh, schools are open. They can go back to school and things are going to get a little easier. Well, it didn't get easier for that family, right? They just weren't in a position to do that. So it's it certainly opened our eyes a bit to, you know, I think making sure that as we try to mentor and teach and elevate, we're thinking about, again, that 360 view of the whole person and understanding, you know, how do we how do we elevate what they can bring to work and contribute by making sure we understand and elevate our understanding of their situation? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I I'm sure many people recognize, and I'll just take the age group from 16 to 24, and I I feel terrible, you know, for uh, really you know the what the pandemic has done to rob, if you will, uh, students. Uh, that are, you know, plan to graduate uh, high school, uh, those, you know, last couple of years, uh, students entering into college, um, you know, with a certain expectation of college life, which is in no way a semblance of, of what it was, you know, at the current time. And then, you know, students that are entering the workforce into, you know, to socialize into a company, you know, and are now mostly, you know, working remote. So uh, I, I really, my, my, my heart goes out to, to those students uh, and, and those students that have graduated. It's really, I think, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, just a, a really horrific kind of, kind of knock in the teeth, if you will, to that expectation that they've had. And I think as 
you know, people that have been through more cycles of, of whether it be uh, recessions or difficulty personally, you know, I think there's a real need to uh, go the extra mile to offer encouragement and support. Uh, you know, I think we're going to, who knows, I'm not a doctor, but I think this time next year we'll be hopefully out of it. I think we, you know, all the experts are saying we have many more months and um, you're right. Having empathy uh, for, for, you know, for your peers and certainly for people of this, uh, this, this generation, if you will, um, is critical. I mean, uh, uh, again, I think Clemson's doing a, a good job. I think as an educator, uh, it's it's got to be tough. I mean, if you can, I mean, I know what uh, you know at the uh, at the civil engineering department. You know, they were looking at the virtual stuff they were doing and trying to get rid of it because it was so annoying. And now, you know, basically everything's been been done virtual, other than a few things here and there. And um, it's it's tough. And I think taking the time to check in, how are you doing? Um, how are you coping with this? How, how is this affecting you and your, tell me about it, you know? And people are lonely too, you know? People are, you know, are certainly lonely and, and feeling alone. And, uh, you know, that's, if you're an engineer, we're already, most people, we're mostly introverts, except for a few extroverts. So I think it's important to check in with each other and, and, and be supportive. It's a tough time. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think it's critical. Um, you know, in addition to elevating our companies and certainly our teams and employees, uh, you know, community is a is a you know really important value. I think for many companies, certainly for ours, and I believe for yours, is, is evidence in the work you've done. Um, you know, how much time and effort now are you putting into to elevating the the community around you? And uh, sort of sounds like you're taking on some incredible work around sort of uh, restoration of certain uh, brownfield, you know, markets around, around your community and, and really looking at how you can elevate sort of everyone in the community, not just even those that might happen to work for you or work with you, um, but those places where we live, work and play. Yeah. You know, we have a, you know, a, our company, we cover a lot of, you know, infra we cover infrastructure, environment, uh, utility, you know, we, 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 water uh, sewer treatment we, we cover a lot of you know the core uh, you know, facilities that that people need I think um, you know it, it's certainly different with covid um, you know safety uh, compliance um, you know we're very much uh, looking at the behaviors within our facilities and, and our projects and how we interact so I think, you know, safety is a big one. Uh, certainly compliance with COVID rules. You know, we don't want to, uh, we, we, we don't want to be a part of the problem. We want to be a place where people come and act responsibly. And, and we know that, you know, most of our cases of, of COVID are, are happening outside of work. Uh, you know, our protocols of work are, are pretty good. I'm sure it's most workplaces, but, you know, people are getting tired of it, you know, and, and they, you know, they, they'll, you know, maybe drop their guard and particularly now with things getting worse. But I think, you know, that just, just keeping things clean, you know, just being orderly, uh, you know, our, our facilities, we have uh, uh, some, some very large facilities, you know, keeping them open, keeping them 
um, safe. I think those are those are big, big, big things right now for us. You know, is is you know maintaining a safe workplace. Um, in terms of outreach, it's been harder. It's been very hard. <laughs> My CFO, who's in the office next to me, uh, contracted uh, COVID uh, at a virtual charity event. So they brought food to the house. He had some friends over, and one of the friends brought COVID. He, you know, to the event. They had a virtual charity event. So, I mean, it's a strange time that we live in, uh, and those ordinary opportunities, you know, whether it be politically or charitably to be involved, you know, really been muted and, and much tougher. You know, um, I think we, we try, but it's it's certainly not easy. Yeah. Well, certainly relationships have been, you know, key to your success, it sounds like. And, and what advice would you give young engineers who, you know, might be more focused on, you know, the task in front of them or the you know, the project plan or the, the work that's, uh, you know, immediately in their queue, right? And um, how much time should they also be thinking about, you know, making sure they're cultivating relationships kind of in all, as you as we mentioned earlier, kind of across lanes, right, in particular, and sort of how to get that exposure to, to other areas? Yeah, I, you know, look, I'm 58 now, I graduated in 84. And I'm, you know, I'm blessed to have developed many friendships and, and, and certainly I can pick up the phone now and call people and say, hey, and, and they like me and I like them. You know, it's gone beyond a business relationship. Like we're friends. It takes time to do that. I'm well aware and, and observant. We, you know, one of the things I'm proudest in our company is we have a very young culture of young engineers, male and female of all different um, you know, uh, races and, you know, we're integrate, you know, integrated and, you know, it's, I'm very proud of that. And, you know, you know, I encourage them uh, formally, you know, in meetings and training to develop those relationships and they are seeing the payoff of that because, you know, time goes fast and some of the, their peers, whether they be working for consulting engineers or an agency or, Someone they know from association, um, they're getting to, um, you know, get to know them differently, and maybe one will switch jobs into a new place and say, hey, "My friend that was working here." So it happens fast, you know. Uh, the time where a lot of my friends will be out of the business <laughs> fast too, but you know, it's it's kind of just the cycle of life. So yes, do it often as much as you can communicate, whether it's social media, picking up the phone, which I know most most younger people don't tend to do, but they text. But yeah, stay in touch, you know, ask what's going on. Um, how are you doing? What's going on with your job? And yeah, it's interesting because it kind of takes you out of, you know, your job is important, but, you know, knowing what's going on around you is, is, is important as well and kind of shapes your understanding of how the world works. So yeah, all of the above, get involved, stay in touch. It's good stuff. Yeah. Well, and you, you know, one of the, one of the other sort of, I don't know, isms that I use with folks to use your term is, uh, you know, you, you, uh, you can't get promoted until you replace yourself is, uh, you had a much better way of saying it. You want to, you want to share that with us? Well, you know, I, again, it's, it's kind of a philosophy of, of kind of coveting, you know, and, and keeping something so to protect, 
what you think you have, whether it be tangible or or something of, of control or power or whatever you think you might have is we, as we recognize, we get older, it's, it's really false. Um, but, you know, changing that philosophy to be more, you know, understanding of, look, I'm not going to be successful until I can be succeeded. So to truly be successful, you really need to be succeeded. And that's how you elevate. Um, you can't be successful by just coveting and holding on to more and controlling more. That's probably not the type of success you want. You want to be the open-minded person that thinks of their path as somewhat uh, limitless and somewhat uncomfortable. So to push the edge, to push that part of uncomfortability, unco your uncomfortableness, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, you have to give it away. You have to think of being succeeded. And that forces you to, uh, to grow. It forces you to take on roles and responsibilities that maybe you never thought possible uh, and always to push yourself to the edge of that, of that comfort zone. So yeah, my quote is success is the ability to be succeeded for sure. Yeah, no, I love, I love that one really. Um, so tell us a little bit about the, you know, one of the challenges of leadership and particularly in certain industries, you know, I've been in the energy business since I got out of Clemson and, um, you know, it wasn't a controversial industry when I started, but it's certainly become more of one these days with the focus on global warming and, and just sort of the impacts that energy has and energy use and, and sort of the energy, uh, you know, burden we pay to, to do much of anything in the economy, obviously. Um, it sounds like you're, you know, construction, engineering, uh, obviously, you know, we hear about, uh, you know, it was the old song, you know, you know, tore down the trees and put up a parking lot type of thing. So I got to imagine you've, you've had your, your bouts with controversy on projects and, and sort of, uh, you know, how the community might, might view the work you're doing. Um, you know, how, how have you approached trying to elevate those relationships and, and, you know, try to get folks to understand, you know, there's, there's a right way to do things, but we do have to get things done and, and, um, you know, hold each other accountable, but at the same time, make the progress that's needed to elevate our communities as we build them. Yeah, we've, you know, we've, we're, we've worked on a number of very large brownfield sites and you would think, you know, because they are, you know, such derelict sites and such blight that automatically you would be given a green light to, to go get it done. And, and uh, it's sometimes just not the case. Uh, um, Couple, a few of the projects were involved in, you know, large lawsuits that we prevailed. Uh, but, you know, in our neck of the woods, um, you know, this, the, the, the loud voice gets the attention of the politician and, and you know, sometimes political people freeze. Um, you know, that's difficult. It's difficult because, number one, our company, you know, putting our assets, our, our investments behind these projects, time certainly whittles down those returns if something right. takes longer than expected. Um, so I think we're, we're mindful of, you know, how we put our, our, our um, you know, our assets and our capacity to work. Um, I think, uh, you know, our reputation regionally is, is excellent and our track record is excellent. Uh, but it's also being wary about the leaders in the community where you are and, and how do you reach out to them? So we try to uh, number one, we do the right thing when no one's looking. Um, 
Um, in this day and age, you know, everyone's got a cell phone and someone's going to take a photo of something. So our process of teaching every employee at all our facilities and all of our sites how to do work properly is key. Um, the last thing we want is a video of us doing it wrong. So, you know, really, we try to do the right thing when no one's looking, you know, um, not do the right thing just when people are looking. And I think that's, you know, that's a cultural thing. Uh, so our reputation or result of that is, is excellent. Our regulators, and, you know, politicians, you know, they, they listen to what we have to say because it's the right thing to do. And I think that certainly as engineers, you know, we have that ethical obligation and, and we live it and it's part of our culture and our company. But, you know, we have to be mindful that there is treachery. You know, there are people with alternate agendas out there and, um, you know, just being mindful to that. But, you know, we've been able to do some, some uh, really great projects uh, uh, and we have some really good ones going on. But uh, I, the one I mentioned to you before, the wash plant, is a link to the video that will be up soon. Uh, it's, it's quite entertaining because it's the largest soil wash plant in the world to clean contaminated soils. And certainly when we brought the concept to the regulators and to the local politicians and regional politicians, they all know my reputation that I'm crazy. I'm a little, you know, I'm out there. But the end result is, you know, a, a, a project, you know, world-class project but they believe, they believe in you. And I think developing a reputation of honesty, of your integrity, of your intent is, is, you know, is important in, in all aspects. Certainly within your company and who you attract, people are going to be attracted to that, not people who are just necessarily out for money. Although we need money to, to pay back the bank and our investments. Right. You know, doing the right thing as an engineer, I think is one of the most gratifying things you know, that I've done is, you know, having a, a particular project that, you know, I it was really my, you know, child, if you will, to, to have, certainly I didn't do it on my own, but to be the engine behind that and to be the person who really persevered, you know, to get it done uh, in anything you do, whether it be a new energy concept, uh, an electric car, you know, all of these, a new, a new chemical treatment system, you know, all these things that we're capable of as engineers, Clemson engineers in particular, you know, you know, really at some point in our life, if we're able to make a difference at some level, you know, it's the holy grail of, of engineering is to do something really good for your community. And then, you know, certainly I'm, I'm very fortunate to have had many opportunities to do that. That's great. That's great. Is there, was there a moment, Michael, on, on, uh, you know, that you, was there, a, was there a catalyst, a leadership moment for you early on where you realized, you know, I, I enjoy engineering. I'm, I'm glad I did it. I, I love the skill set that I've, that I've left Clemson with, but, you know, I want to, I want to make this shift into a leadership discipline. And, you know, for me, it was a, it was a pretty catalytic moment myself where it was, you know, it was that realization that, uh, you know, how little you can do on your own in the end and uh, wanting to get more done and realizing that if, if we're going to accomplish some of those things, I've, I've got to elevate those around me and worry less about, you know, what I can do individually and much more about how to get the most out of the team and help all them succeed. Was there, was there a time early or later that you sort of 
you know, well, that, that I've, recognized, I've recognized in my career, the best people to work for where they're really smart, cool people that are fun. You know, so, yep. you know, if you work with really fun, smart, cool people, it, life is pretty good, you know, and, and I think having, having a good time at work, you know, I, I love what I do. You know, I, I can't wait to get to work in the morning. Most days, sometimes a little tired, you know, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm usually raring to go. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, if I thought back, I think there were moments like I, or if I went back to the Brownfield, um, there was nothing called Brownfield when I started doing it back in the you know, the nineties, they uh, found the environmental company in 1991 and the rules really didn't exist. There really weren't a lot of structural rule, rules for redeveloping Brownfield sites as we know it today. And, and many States, most States have, have programs and, you know, realize that, you know, as an engineer and someone, you know, as an engineer that, that, had, that had assembled a, a fair amount of knowledge, you know, I had the obligation to, to inform. Matter of fact, one of the texts that was flying through before was somebody is a, was a, a, a political leader who's calling me and I got to get back to him on something environmentally and, and taking my knowledge and sharing it uh, really is something kind of was a pivotal mo- moment that, Hey, you're the guy that knows. Like, usually there's like, you got to call somebody that knows something about that. And then when you realize you're the guy or the woman that is the person that knows that, it's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm knowledgeable. I've reached the point where, whether I'm an expert or not, you know, I'm someone who can contribute to solving the problem, to helping out our community and teaching others how to do the same. And I think, you know, when, whenever that moment was, whether it be, in, whether, whether it was in a meeting or an inference to a project, I, I can think of a few moments. It's like, okay, now you gotta, you gotta step up. You gotta, you gotta pull up your, put on your big boy pants or big girl pants and, and show up and, 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 you know, be that person and encourage others. And uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. Um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm comfortable with it certainly now. It, it was uncomfortable as you can imagine it would be for anybody but I, i'm i'm okay with the i'm okay with the with the with the clothes i wear and, and how i wear it what i do and you know and and i think it's better when you the sooner you figure that out the faster you can really just pile on more knowledge and skill and get better at something you know and i think that's that will be your fortunate moment in your career when you kind of find that great advice and in addition to our our your personal experiences and and uh insights here any any books websites tools you know tricks of the trade you want to share with with our audience uh i told you the book i wasn't gonna tell you about tell you it was everything i learned about business from uh from the grateful dead which makes zero sense but it made zero sense but it, it was it really, they were a culture of giving it away. They were, um, their early, their early, um, you know, in the, in the music business, they were, um, uh, they were very, they were not typical because most of the money that was made in the music business, you know, was from albums and, and, and then CDs. You know, when the internet came along, you know, that, you know, that dropped out. 
they were always about their brand and about giving it away. They allowed people to tape their music and trade their music. And it actually helped to spread their music and mm. build it out and their brand by giving it away, which is counterintuitive. You want to trademark it. And they still have trademarks and things of that sort. But it was very much, you know, uh, it was very much a cultural thing. And I think in a, in a larger sense, building the building your brand has to do with, you know, giving it away, not holding on to it. The typical corporate, you know, America's or trademark and stamp it, you know, sue them if they use it. And, you know, probably for good reason, you know, people put a lot of money in investment, but, you know, as I'm getting later in my career, it, it's, it's really about uh, mentoring, giving it away, teaching, you know, anything that could be useful to someone, you know, why not? You know, life is short and people are in need. People do need help. They do need support. They need, do need guidance. And, um, and, 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 and I think that's a good thing to do. That was an interesting one uh, about business. And it was quite, quite comical. My kids uh, got me. Well, it fits with our theme perfectly today, Michael, about, you know, just the importance of elevating others. And, and, and I think you've touched on it many times. One of the most important elements of that is, is as you say, giving it away, it's teaching, it's uh, setting higher expectations and helping people achieve them. And, uh, and, 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 you know, as you, as you said, as you learn things, figure it out, um, develop some level of expertise, you know, seek to share that and, and teach it and, and give it away as, as quickly as you can to, to spread that and elevate others. And then, you know, everyone ends up in a better place. Right? You know, elevate. I think that's, it's in some ways it's, a, it supports, it's more, it more, um, what's the right word? The, the broadness of support within your organization or your whatever groups you're involved with, right. the more that's, uh, it, it, it creates a, sto- a stronger connection. It, cre- it cre- creates a more sustainable connection because that's, it's not a monetary thing you're giving away, although you should be charitable and that's certainly part of it. It's, it's what people need. People need support. They need guidance. Uh, they need it more than money, although they may think they need money, but money comes and goes. You know, the, the skill sets and the knowledge and, and guidance is invaluable and really no one can take that away from you. It's not, it's mm-hmm. not a hundred dollar bill. You could take that, you could take the hundred dollar bill away, but you're not going to take away what I know and what I know how to do. And, and those are truly the things that people I think need more than anything. Uh, sure. Money is, is, you know, again, when you're younger, money is one of the things you need to kind of get out of the, get out of the, 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 you know, the, the stress, you know, and, and right. you know, enough money where you're not stressed out to pay your bills but then you know you're you realize you need other things to get comfortable in your life to have confidence in your life besides obviously we need health and and family but you know those are the things that we really truly need to really secure us and anchor us you know as we go out you know go through life well, Mike we can't thank you enough um, it's a great topic elevate you've done a wonderful job of, of- of giving us some great insights as to how to do that, how you've done that in your life and with your team and with your company and with your communities. So and uh, thank you enough for joining us and yeah. uh, go Tigers. Yeah. Now I'm going to get up and go like teach somebody something. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Maybe I'll give, him a golf, I'll give him a golf lesson. There you go. There you go. Engineering Leadership is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping engineers enhance their leadership skills. You can download resources to accelerate your leadership skills by going to www.engineering-leadership.com.